Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Andrew. And that's that's the gang. My cat's not here. Your cat's not here. Let's get down to business. <laughs> Unless we wanted to make this a cat podcast. Man, I, you, you talking about having to let your cat out of the room was, was really funny to me because last weekend I was recording some some videos for Eastwood Guitars. And mm-hmm. if if we didn't have the cat in the room, she'd be standing outside just yowling at it, like audibly. And if we had her in the room and uh, she, gosh, she was just all over me. It was really funny. Um, I got a great video still of her peeking out from behind the, the Eastwood guitar, tender guitar headstock. And uh, it's just such a perfect picture. It makes my heart so happy. Nice. Yeah, I think I saw that photo. Yeah. 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 Nothing nothing too exciting with those videos. It's not like I'm recording a demo for an unreleased product or anything. Right. So I felt like I could share it openly on the internet. Because sharing unreleased product photos is really uncool. I I agree. So um, just a little bit of context. Uh, Recently... Someone in the Gear Talk Praise and Worship group uh, posted uh, the new the new Chase Bliss pedal allegedly before it got officially released. Allegedly. Allegedly is that what I meant to say? Yes. Yeah, I mean it, the photo didn't look photoshopped. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. I'm kind of bummed because I know Joel puts a whole lot of work into his product releases. I mean. For crying out loud, the the video for the third May release was just I had to be crying from laughter. I just really <laughs> wanted to be surprised by yeah. Joel, not by someone just ruining it for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, it's one thing to say like I know what it is. I saw this picture, message me, and I still think that's uncool. But you don't give anybody the opportunity to to experience the excitement of of a release the way that they want to, or in the way that the brand wants them to like, Mm -hmm. like brands have these, these launches for a reason. And once they, they put a lot of planning into them, especially companies that don't release pedals all the time and don't have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of releases, it's a big deal for them. Right. I mean, Chase Bliss is well known, but they're not necessarily a giant shop. They're not at all. And I, I feel like there's a couple of things with that is that I feel like since they're just such a well-respected brand that people think that they must be a bigger brand. I think that that's, there's that feeling that happens. Um, I've read this book called love is a mixtape. I think it was love is a mixtape, but um, the guy talked about how Pavement was his favorite band and he went to see Pavement so many times and loved them. And he went, he saw one of the members in a bar one night and he goes up to him and he's talking and having a good time. And um, the guy said to the member of Pavement something about like, oh man, you guys must have made so much money when you were having these, you know, college rock hit singles. And the guy shrugs and says, I mean, I, 
I got enough money to buy a house. And it hit him that he's not rich just because you know who he is and you love his brand. It doesn't mean that they are, um, you know, high rollers. And so right. I think it's really important for these brands to, who invest a lot of time in a product and then invested a lot of time in, in planning um, a, a synchronized, coordinated announcement as they were obviously doing so to take that away from them is to take away a lot of impact i mean i i don't think it will hurt their sales too much but um well right it's not like anyone's gonna look at that and be like oh well you know i wasn't you know i'm not gonna buy it now no i don't think so it i don't know it just takes away from the excitement and just it, it's hard to overestimate the value of those kinds of coordinated pushes where everybody sees it at the same time, whether or not you're in gear talk, praise and worship, whether you're not, you're in this group or that group, because all of the groups are going to be talking about it. That's, I mean, I think that as a brand, they've earned the, 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 I I think of it as a right to, you know, have that kind of, um, that kind of reaction to their products. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I'm also the kind of person who I don't listen to leaked albums and I don't listen to, gosh, I, I so value the amount of time. Um, the artists I like put into creating albums that I don't even like to listen to uh, the songs released early. I kind of want to hear it all at once. Oh yeah, well, I, I personally don't like listening to singles and whatnot. Just wait for it to all come out and just sit down and just brace yourself. Start at track one. Don't shuffle it. Just play it front to end, and that's it. Yeah, and I think for me, that's yeah, and for me, it's just like it's almost like that teenage feeling of you know having enough free time to just listen to albums in full, and you know that the excitement you felt when it got released and you'd drive down to Best Buy and you'd come home and you'd put it in your CD player because your car didn't have a CD player and you just sit there with the lyric book and almost study it. That was that ritual for me. It was so important. So, I mean, I, I feel like I take that that kind of um, mindset about uh, a, a lot of things that I kind of fangirl about and, and, and consume. I mean, yes, there's also that, but then... All right, so here's here's where I start giving in to my dirty confessions. Now that I've been on the on my high horse, is uh, everyone knows at this point in the show that I am a huge fan of Earthquaker devices and everything that Jamie does um, is is everything that Jamie does is gold. It it's not conventional gold. It's still it's it's like gold with its own little twist. It's Acapulco gold. <laughs> it's gold nonetheless, and uh, so I get really excited for uh, when they release something new. Mm-hmm. And I had a realization a few months ago that, oh, shoot, wait a minute. All of their copyrights uh, or their trademarks are a public record. Because they filed So them. it doesn't matter if they've... Right, they <laughs> have to file them in advance. And I'm like, okay, well, I could just start snooping around. And so I, I did that for a number of companies. And so... When the the Earthquaker Devices Aqueduct came out, uh, I was 
the couple of videos that they dropped, I was like, okay, well, it's going to be one of a couple of names that they've that they've registered. And based on what I'm hearing, it sounds like this name is most appropriate. So I'm going to get and turned out I was absolutely right. It was the aqueduct. Um, yeah. And on, I, I was like, I was, this is honestly, I kind of felt about it. I was like, I was really excited about it. Like I felt really proud of myself for figuring this out because I, I do that sometimes like that little, uh, that boyish mischievous kind of like, Ooh, ha, 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 I did it and I got away with it. <laughs> and and then I made the mistake of taking it a step further. And I, I posted a comment saying, I don't suppose this is the aqueduct. And I go back to check my Instagram later and it had been deleted. And I was like, oh, well, why would they delete it? And I started thinking about it, like, oh, no, really upset Jamie Stillman. What have I done with my life? <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean, it's one thing if you guess it because of public record. I mean, people guess things right all the time. Someone correctly guessed why Hodor was Hodor on Game of Thrones. And I think it was like, you can't get mad at that. Well, right. But I think there's the difference between like guessing and like snooping and trying to ruin the surprise. And I think for sure where I crossed the line is where I started commenting and trying to like get confirmation that I was right ahead of time uh, because yeah. that's all public and everybody else in the comments is looking at that. And um, when they finally announced it the day of, I saw a comment on their Facebook page that said something along the lines of uh, I, this, this would have been, this would have been so much cooler if people hadn't ruined it by snooping through the the copyright registration and posting what they found on the comment thread. Oh here. no. And I just saw that. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, you, you, you're absolutely 100% right, and that was sort of a not cool thing for me to do. And of course, obviously, I'm not the only, I'm not the only one yeah. who did that. But but all you did was guess the name. Well, right, but yeah. I, I, that's in retrospect. I mean, there's there's things that I know about, but that I now know about companies. I'm just not gonna. I'll keep it to myself. That's fair. I get that. But there's also that idea. And, you know, I said I don't listen to leaked albums, but when leaking was a big thing that happened, honestly, labels would get freaked out if nobody if nobody leaked an upcoming release because it would mean that nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. So it's such a it's like this 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 thing where okay, well, you don't want people to leak the album because you want them to buy the album. And if they're leaking it, are they going to buy it? And you can kind of go 50-50 on that. And then, but definitely, like, if no one leaks it, is it because no one's excited and then no one's going to buy it anyway? I mean, as an adult, I don't listen to leaked records. As a teenager, I might have downloaded one or two. I definitely downloaded um when fiona apple was doing extraordinary machine and that whole thing got shelved as soon as i found that online i downloaded it because i didn't know if i was ever going to be able to buy it and then you know i did buy it when it finally came out but um yeah i mean i that's kind of on one hand people are so excited about chase bliss as a company and their pedals that as they should yeah be. as they should be and um on the other hand, someone's ruining the surprise for everybody. So, I mean, keep that. Just don't ruin the surprise for other people. Right. Well, it's not just a surprise for everybody. I mean, Joel has put so much work into that. And just I can't imagine how bummed out he must be right now thinking like, wow, like there's a bunch of people who like 
already know and i didn't even get a chance to tell them or like kind of do it with like break the news with my own flair and his personality twist yeah well i don't think we when we visited rick matthews i don't think we asked him about this but it's my understanding that he announced the astronomer v2 a little bit early because uh retailers accidentally started putting it on their website which happens right it's not a good look and the accidents do happen obviously like they should be avoided when possible yeah i mean it it's well, the, the problem with websites, you know, is that if you want to announce it at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, it it's not like you're putting it into the website at 8.55 a.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, no, you do it days or weeks ahead of time because schedule it. It should be foolproof, but sometimes that doesn't happen right. And then another thing that sometimes happens, um, the other year, Bumbershoot's whole lineup got announced early got leaked because um someone was just doing a web search of all of the image files and someone had uploaded that year's poster named something like this year's poster and someone saw that clicked on it was like this is it it. let's download it let's post this let's put it on blast (laughs) and then everyone saw that bad baby was bad baby i don't even know how to pronounce that baby cash me outside girl Bad baby, really? yeah, bad baby. I saw that bad baby on there and just was like, nope, we don't care anymore. People were excited about the lineup. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't, but people were. Like they sold some tickets that year. Like, oh, of course they sold tickets. Like, and I get it. Like Lil Wayne is a performer, <sighs> and that's his element, but not for everybody. Mm, yeah, I mean, Lil Wayne doesn't sell as many tickets. I think as festival promoters sometimes think he does but i i mean the only re the only way i think that really would have hurt um a festival as large as bumbershoot is if it was if they were selling pre-sale tickets at a lower price just to get people already buying and then you announce the lineup later at timber festival that's what we do we have a certain number of early bird tickets that are the best price they're ever going to be and then we announce the lineup and thing about the timbers is that you know the the lineup's important. It's obviously the heart of the festival, but people go to those events for the experience. I think at least as much as the lineup. My cat just bit me. I'm sorry, you don't agree. Sad. She doesn't agree. She doesn't agree. She's like, it's all about the cat treats. I don't care about the experience. It's all about the cat treats. It's like, no, I wanted to see Bad Baby. Um, just anything related to Bad Baby and the the, the ensuing success. On one hand, capitalism, but on the other hand, like human beings. And on the other hand, she's a minor. And who are these people who are, gosh, it just never ends well. Except in this case, it just also didn't start well. It started with an episode of Dr. Phil. And that's how you know you're going to go places in life. Apparently. Oh yeah. When you're. When you're the bad guy on a Dr. Phil episode. But um, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, man, I'm broker than I intended on this month because, you know, every time I get an email from about the Quiet Theory Prelude um, pedal, I click on it and they're sold out. And the other day I clicked on that link and they weren't sold out. Did you do it? And so oh. I did. <laughs> I did. I'm so excited because obviously I need more delay pedals. Naturally. Four or five isn't enough. 
Naturally. I only have two. I really need no. to remedy that. I did have three, but then I, I sold one because of its brand affiliation. Mm, yeah, I have the um, Callan Bread Sidiskman, which is the stutter delay. I have the Avalanche Run, which is the best delay pedal, I think, on the Do market. Do you have the V1 or the V2? I have the, I have the, I have the okay. V1. The V2 wouldn't fit on my board. Sad. It's just, I, I'm just, I'm working with millimeters right. here. Um, and then I have the Ernie Ball Ambient Delay, the expression pedal one, which I was so excited for and just haven't really been able to bond with. Yeah, I didn't like I, um that one pr- particular, that just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I, what I like about the Avalanche Run is that you can control the number of you can control whatever the expression pedal controls. Right. Like it doesn't have to be like I have it set to control repeats versus, you know, or you could do uh, speed rate, all kinds of, and I think that's just so cool. I just got the Tomcat daydreamer too, which is also a lot of fun. I wasn't kidding. I have so many. So what you need to pedals. do is you need to plug them all in at once and just see how it sounds. Like one cascading into the other. Don't think I won't. No, I think you will. I definitely will. I wonder if any of them have effects loops. I have um, a, a reverb pedal that has a built-in effects loop, and I keep meaning to to play with that because it looks like a lot of fun. Th- that is a lot of fun. I've 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 demoed pedals with effects loops within them at Guitar Center and just, just throwing some crazy stuff in just to see what happens. That's when I was working <laughs> there. I just like customers would be like, "So what do you?" I'm not really interested in buying anything. I just kind of want to hear something new. Like, what do you got for me? I'm like, do you trust me? And they're like, I mean, I don't know you, but sure. Then I would just throw some crazy (laughs) stuff in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what they wanted. That's what they asked asked for. for. Uh, I think my favorite's got to be like throwing like a sequencer or something into the effects loop of a delay. Ooh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds really cool. Or a bit crusher in any effects loop. I mean, I feel like a lot of time I go to a guitar store, I really do just want to see what's new and mostly what's weird. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. nothing that's unreleased. I mean, nothing that's unreleased. No cool unreleased toys. One one thing that kind of irked me about the guy who leaked the Chase Bliss pedal, um, in Jatipwa was I I kind of called him out on it and one guy responded and basically said oh I guess you haven't been on the internet before I mean, just be the internet's fair game. yeah the internet's fair game. like it doesn't make it right like like it it doesn't it doesn't make something just that it's not explicitly illegal doesn't mean it's not a rude thing to do the internet also does have explicitly illegal things on it as well so it's not like there's some sort of moral high ground to be had like well it's it's online it's like that's the that's the equivalent of saying well it's online therefore it must be true i'm like no that's from breitbart honey i don't know what to tell you that's just that's just racist yeah i mean and i could buy illegal diet pills on the internet it doesn't mean i should um speaking of which that you need to remind me of where you where uh, I should get those from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, we'll do that offline. Off All right. I just need one tapeworm. Just need just one tapeworm. One. How about a cup? Just, you, know, you just get some fentermine. That's basically speed. 
Um, I could do that, or I could not. I think that sounds less uh, life-threatening than the tapeworm. Actually, you know what? That sounds more life-threatening than the tapeworm. Just go with the tapeworm. Tapeworms are less addictive. <laughs> They're less likely to make your heart stop because you took too many. Well, that's not necessarily true because I hear if you take... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've obviously studied this more than I have. But yeah, there's so much illegal stuff on the internet. I mean, for um, crying out. Yeah. And just things you can do. Yeah. So... I mean, we were talking about leaked albums and piracy before, and you know, everyone talks about um, piracy, like peer to peer. These networks where people used to share music with strangers, but really, the I think the bigger issue for a lot of um, for a lot of labels, they realized was the idea of borrow to burn. Where some one person buys the CD and then they make copies for ten to twenty of their friends. Yep. Everybody pitches in a dollar or whatever, and now you all have the new Taylor Swift album, um, which Aww. I definitely was not a part of when I was in eighteen years old at all. Yeah, that wasn't. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, I can say I almost never illegally downloaded music, but I burned a ton of cds oh yeah i've i've definitely still got stuff in my itunes that i should probably actually just flat out purchase someday <laughs> maybe maybe i have a lot of stuff in my itunes that i have tried to purchase and then couldn't find because that band never made it to that point well that's a little well that you know why they didn't make it to that point is because you didn't buy the album in the first place they couldn't afford to get there oh no you're right <laughs> people like you <laughs> oh no i ruined them i ruined the patty Hearst shifter that was me single-handedly had nothing to do with the quality of the music they're putting out but oh you know i just loved archive.org it was mostly live music but sometimes it was patty Hearst shifter so sort of steering this in a direction that's a little bit more pertinent to the guitar gear world is uh the advent of digital effects has brought with us uh a new form of piracy if you will and that is uh, pirating presets or impulse responses or any um, just all kinds of digital stuff. And it's like, well, okay, well, it's just a program. And like once it's been made, it's been made. It's it's a little bit different than like stealing a pedal because every pedal requires uh, a certain level of work into it to build it. Well, it's and I'm curious about what you would think about um, that compared to like finding the schematic for a for a pedal online and making your own at least you're working and at least it's not got someone else's brand name on it or um and and as the as the lawyers have put it nicely the uh schematics can't be copyrighted or they can't be intellectual property which we'll get into that in a completely different episode because that's just a that is a can of worms and a gold mine all at once of material but mm -hmm. just with the digital stuff. Um, so the idea is if I've got a Strymon Big Sky, for instance, let, and this is, let's, we'll start with the Strymon stuff because they've been out for Strymon released the Big Sky, I think, what, 2013? Oh, I don't know. Golly, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look this up. I'll look it up later. I could be totally wrong, but it's been out long enough to where this has been a thing where someone, someone goes out of their way to create a preset for it. Um, and yes, all the parameters are technically open to everyone, but if someone hears this preset says, 
I really like how that sounds. And they're selling it. Oh, it's like $5. It's on my website. Go uh, check it out and just shoot me the five bucks. I'd really appreciate it because the person that created the preset has put a lot of time and money into it. Uh, not necessarily time and money, just time is money. And that's time is money. Time yeah. is money. Uh, fine tuning it and using their expertise and their musical knowledge to, to fine tune that. And I think that's worth some money. And, but what I've seen a lot of people do, um, even in the church circles is like, Hey man, if you ever get a big sky, I can share these presets with you. If you ever get a helix, I've got all of these amp sims and these IRs for you. Um, just like I'll, uh, I'll mail you a flash drive or whatever if that's even or they'll email them to you or what, however it's shared i honestly don't know what the the modem of sharing is for that so so people make these and then they like kind of like a website plugin just sell them yeah exactly just like plugins and so it's it's it, for anyone who's a producer it's the same kind of deal with like ripping vst plugins it can be done mm. very easily but there is a company that put time and um, money and man hours into creating these plugins. And just because you can rip them doesn't mean you should. People have this feeling that uh, things that aren't tangible isn't, it can't be theft. Right. And that's a very, that's, I mean, that's the same as it is for music. I mean, you would never steal a CD out of a store, but you would happily do like steal it in other ways. It's just, if, if it's not you ripping it, like ripping the candy out of the baby's hand, it doesn't count. Right. I mean, and I think the point is just because something isn't physical doesn't mean it's not worth something. Hence, hence the reason why they're selling it in the first place and making money on it. And I think the thing that strikes me is even in the church circles, it's, it's kind of, I've seen a lot of people talk about it like it's totally normal. And I just have to step back and say, you know what? I don't think that even if it is normal, it should be normal. No, it's still theft. Yeah, I mean. Normalized theft is still theft. And gosh, I mean, I could go off about it for for a while. And I feel like maybe you and I have talked about it. But like the Christian music industry is bad in very similar ways. People want things for free. Yeah. They want your work for free. They want you to give them more of your cut of the song or whatever. And they want you to, you know not get paid a standard rate and they just, they want, they want it for free Well, right? because it's service service. It's, I mean, everything revolves around money to a certain extent, regardless of Christian or secular, if we're being completely honest here, um, to what degree up for debate. And it really depends on what circles circles you run with. I've also met some guys as in the church circles that would completely without any questions agree with me about how I feel about, um, sharing presets and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah it's just those intangibles it's still someone's intellectual property right and one like and it's weird it's weird how that might be more someone's like intellectual property than um a pedal board circuit right i wonder how the laws compare on that i i think that's actually easier to argue in court that that's your intellectual property um granted if it's like if and and that that might be a little bit more nuanced if it's like your property, but it's built on another company's platform of like the, of the, the Strymon um, program for editing that they've built. I mean, so I'm not sure how, I mean, I, I don't know. You have to look at the terms of service on that, but I mean, bottom line stands. I mean, here the things that I, here's things that I have heard from folks. Um, I'm not going to name names, but these are things that I've heard people actually say is like, um, well, I paid for it. I feel like I now have the right to share 
with whoever I want to. Uh, I'm going to contest that and say, no, you've paid for it for yourself to use, not for everyone you know and their cousin to use. Um, I mean, but is it, I mean, laws have also shown that, and obviously neither of us are lawyers, but that like once you buy a CD, you can do what you want with it. You can even resell it. It used to be like um, back when Sam Goody started that this guy, well, you I don't know who here even is old enough to remember the Sam Goody record stores, but uh, what that guy, Sam Goody was a person and he would go to um, bars and any place that had a jukebox. He'd say, can I buy those old 45s off of you that you're not using anymore? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. And then he'd resell them. And the labels tried to make that illegal. They sued him. And because, you know, why would somebody go and buy out Peggy Sue's new song, like old song, if new when you can buy it half price used and the courts found in sam's favor that once you buy something it's yours and you can do what you want with it even if you sell it but there are just so many restrictions on that i mean you like there are now laws against ticket scalping even though you bought it should you be able to resell it right for more and i think that's not that in this case it's selling it's just giving away for free because it's um, it can be multiplied endlessly with no loss in quality, which has not ever been the case before with things. It's definitely a new aspect. So here's the thought that I just had that I'm not sure I've considered before, but let's let's take this and run with this for a couple of minutes here. Is let's say I buy a Helix. Who to thunk? Um, me of all people. So this is I wouldn't have. This is admittedly strange. So imagine me buying a Helix. And I pay for a bunch of presets. It, then I decide, I come to my senses and I realize that Helix is not for me. It's not what I like about guitar. It doesn't provide for me what I want out of this experience. And I want to sell it. Can I sell it with the presets on board and just leave it as is? And do those rights transfer? Or do I wipe the Helix entirely and... Uh, to factory reset and then sell it legally and i remember when ipods came out i think that you're supposed to clear them because when you sell an ipod you're supposed to clear it because you can't give that music away for for technically free i guess because it's still in your library and you can still access it there was some big court case about like about that over 10 years ago I wonder if the same rules would apply to whatever the ruling in that ultimately was. Maybe, and I, that'd be really interesting to look into. I know like um, go, running along the same parallel as like an iPod, I know when Flappy Bird got huge, when that became an overnight phenomenon. Um, for those of you who- Is that might, different than Angry Bird? No, Flappy Bird was completely different. So for those of you who don't remember what Flappy Bird was- Flappy Bird was this game. It was just a one tap game, and every time you tap the screen, the your bird would flap up a little bit, and your goal was to navigate through, uh, like try to let go over pillars. Uh, but there's there's like a tall pillar the size of your screen, and there's a gap in it, uh, and so it's just you're fl- kind of trying to flap your way through and not crash. It's very pointless. It's definitely just nothing more than a time waster, and the developer created it just as kind of having fun and then it overnight blew up and he got millions of downloads and he decided you know what that i don't want any part of this i'm going to just pull it from the app store 
So now you've got millions of people who have Flappy Bird, this pointless program that everybody suddenly wants because that's how the internet works uh, on their devices. Nobody else can download it. And there's millions more people that want to try and play it to join in on the fun. So what people started doing was they're selling their iPhones and their iPod touches with Flappy Bird installed for a massive markup just because it had Flappy Bird. That's so weird. Yeah, it's super strange. Just for a just for a time waster game. Yeah, look it up. That definitely happened. It was like a, it was a huge craze, and it lasted like a. I mean, it was a flash in the pan. I mean, in a month it would started, it had uh, risen to fame, and then it ended pretty quickly. But, Can you imagine being now so many years removed from it, like being one of those people who spent a lot of money to get that stupid game? Nope. Gosh, and I spent money on dumb stuff. Same, but mostly clothes and a Les Paul. Oh, well, I'm gonna ignore that. And we're gonna move on. Like, I wonder, like, can you just like throw up a DD500 or Helix or something in like on Reverb.com and say, oh, I'm gonna charge extra for this because it's got presets in it. I think it depends on if you'd be able to access those again later because I know people sell loaded pedal boards and there's no no legal issue with that. Right. But that's obviously different than if you're just buying Helixes, loading them up, and then reselling them for a markup. I can't imagine that's super kosher. I don't know if that's illegal. Well, I don't think that's sustainable. It's more just like for the the guy who does have a Helix or probably more common like a DD500 or a Big Sky or a Timeline that they've loaded presets up onto and then they want to sell. I mean, yeah, they've already paid the money for it. I mean... I, I think that the difference with the the um, legal cases involving iPods was that people would sell old iPods, they'd upgrade their new ones, and then they could just re-upload all of those songs again. Right. So, I mean, if that's not happening, I don't know. I wish I was a lawyer. Maybe I should ask a lawyer. Maybe we should have a lawyer on the show. Ooh, maybe we should. That would definitely be a, a question worth asking. So I think the conclusions I'm coming to today are one, announcing uh, releases ahead of time that you know are have not been released by the manufacturer. Not cool. Super huge buzzkill for everybody involved. And I think, yeah, just treat it like a TV spoiler. Just because you saw This Is Us like before everybody else doesn't mean you should be telling everybody who dies in the next episode. Uh, plot twist everyone because they're canceling the show. Just kidding. Oh, my God. My heart. <laughs> Like, no, tell- I need to know. I need to know how Jack died. Just kidding. I know that was the first no season or whatever. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> um, so that's conclusion number one. Conclusion number two is I think we can safely say that if you've got a preset and you're just sharing it to share it, you might feel like you're doing someone a solid or like in the church circles, like, oh, you're like, you're trying to quit people for Jesus and stuff. But like, you know, like just because you paid for once, I really don't think that gives you the free license to go and share with everybody that you know on your your worship team or just other people you know in the community i think that's a no-no I, i'm gonna i'm gonna call that uh, as far yeah. as like selling pedals with uh with the presets still loaded i that i i'm gonna call that a solid gray area that needs to be looked more into i don't think anyone that's like no one's gonna sue you over it and i don't think that's ultimately gonna be the end of the world unless you're doing it as part of like a uh, buy load flip kind of a scenario 
obviously yeah. might be a little bit more suspect, but but I like don't I, I don't think that. I don't think that you're really adding to how much are you adding to the value? Are you charging more because you have all these presets? Because that's almost like buying a guitar and doing a bunch of modifications. Or what if you just what if you just don't even mention it? It just happens to be loaded up with stuff, and you're just too lazy to go and clear it. I mean, I think that's fine. So I feel like there's, I feel like there's nuance to how that all works out and shakes out, but I don't think that's nearly as big of a deal as just like sharing out presets like candy with everybody that you know. I think that's, that's really the more problematic variant of this dilemma. I mean, I think every once in a while you're going to share a preset. I mean, every once in a while you're going to burn a CD or share a song with somebody. I think that there's a difference between, you know, being a distributor and just sharing a little bit. I mean, yes and no, all at the same time. I feel weirder about it because I just, I don't know very much about the process. I don't know how much these things cost. I mean, you talk about stealing music and that's, you know, thousands of dollars a, a band, at least thousands of dollars spent in a studio and it's their livelihood. But I, if it's, and if it's the company and you're stealing their presets, I don't think that's cool. But if it's just some, like, somebody made a preset and was charging five bucks for it. Like, well, I'm not saying like, it's just like anybody, but there's like, there's whole studios that like make presets for this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that you should be. Yeah. If it's, if it, if it affects somebody's livelihood in any kind of way, don't smack the food out of somebody's mouth, man. Yeah. That's pretty uncool. And I, especially yeah. if you're smacking the food out of my mouth, I mean, I trust me, do not get between me and my food. All right. Well, shall we call it? I think we shall call it. I mean, I'm a little tired. It is kind of late. It's getting there. Well, good, good talking. Um, thanks to everyone who's listening. Um, give us a follow on the social medias. Check out our website, getoffsetpodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And this has been the Get Offset Podcast. Mm-hmm.